You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Episode 347, 347 of the New Utah Podcast. And holy shit, we got a lot of stuff to go through today. Jeremy, you didn't do any notes, but there are tons of things to talk I know, about. Today was so, so it was a very, very busy day. I was helping Chris, which I was happy to do, but I'm to sum my day up, I'm the proud new owner of four new tires. <laughs> <laughs> you got new, new tires. All right. So I, I, I got a screw in my tire on Sunday, uh, but it was bad enough that it was, I mean, you could hear it. So I went, uh, and got just the tire patch kit that you can do yourself. Where you like jab it in, jab it, jab and the stuff in, the, yeah. yeah. So I did that, and then it was still being weird yesterday. So I'm like, I, I baby, I screwed it up. So I took it in. They took it off. They checked it. They're like, no, your patch did fine. It's not leaking. I come out this morning, and that tire is down to like 21 pounds. So it still had a leak. Somewhere. Uh, there's something wrong. So I took it back, and I'm like, it's still not working. So they took it off. They've he's the, he called. He's like, we filled it like max full. Put it in the dunk tank, and we're still not hearing anything. So we we took it out, and there's a, something they spray on it, some mm-hmm. silicone. I don't know. And, and like, so we're inspecting, it and we when we figured out what it is. Is um, your tires are just old, and the cracks in the treads, yeah, are just leaking. But uh, they're the original tires that came with the truck. And how many miles that truck got on it? Thirty three thousand. And so they're probably done for anyway. So it's just I. It, it, so anyway. I'm in the same boat. I was telling Bree I got to get new tires this sometime before next winter. I think I can make this winter, but they're again original tires, and I drive my car like a fucking race car. So well, in mine I take. I'm not an off roader, but I go to my job sites. And yeah, I'm and you off road. Off road, so yeah. I'm in the dirt. I'm in the mud. I'm in so a little more wear and tear than just your normal. Yeah, just don't get the. Hopefully, you didn't get those stupid ass like giant tread tires that no. fucking wear out super fast. No, they, these are basically just an all terrain, normal like all season all terrain tire. Yeah, and actually, they were much less than I thought they were going to be. So I'm very happy for those. Only fifteen hundred, but for tires truck so, tires, yeah, tires are so expensive. My my last truck, they were almost eight hundred dollars a tire. That's just insane. For the, for the little shitty truck, for the the other, not the little one. But no, his new one. No, the one I had before that, the the stick shift, not the little shitty one. No. Oh, okay. No, the, the I don't remember the one before that. Was I, that? I only remember like the little when I was a one. child, a tiny kid. Yeah, not that. Not one. the blue one. <laughs> I only remember. I only remember the little shitty one. Yeah, so this was the Chevy that was my dad's that I okay. bought. Oh, the one that had the the purple heart in the back. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it's, yeah, it was yeah. a full size. I'm, I'm confusing your shitty truck with John's sh- shitty truck. No, because I had one like because John had like a really shitty like little Toyota. I had truck. one like that when I was in college. Do you remember that truck that John yeah, I remember had? His, yeah. I remember his. So no, this was but but that truck for whatever reason that tire those were like eight hundred dollars a tire. So I was expecting close to twenty four hundred, and he's like fifteen hundred. I'm like okay, done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody wants to put tires on it, but like, anyway, I, so that and then helping Chris print some stuff and then just work. And like, next thing I know, it's time to come to the podcast. And normally I'm pretty good at adding to the show notes. I didn't even get to the show notes. I actually added to the show notes yesterday. Yeah. I was going to say Bree must have done it because if it wasn't you, someone else had put some stuff on here. So, um, eggs. I want to talk about eggs. Let's talk about how are all eggs, those bougie baby? chicken owners right now. How are your chickens doing with egg? Bougie. 
Ah, uh, they're doing all right. So they they're million dollar chickens now. They hit a slow spot like a month and a half ago, but in talking to other folks that have chickens, they kind of all did. Yeah, I think it just got really cold and um, slows we're them down. probably eight to ten a day ballpark. That's great. But we've already decided what changes we're going to make. The IFA's chicks come out in the next like three weeks, so we're getting twenty more. You better get there fucking fast because everyone's trying to buy chickens because the price of eggs are obscene yeah. right now. So we're getting twenty more. I've got almost everything in place ready to go. And then we're, we're going to redo the outside, and I'm going to put an actual roof on it. Oh, so instead of just the chicken wire, you're going to leave it? And I'm probably going to double the size of the outside. Are you going to do a, a roof across the whole thing? The whole Are you going to do it so that light still gets into the roof? I'm going to put lights in it. Like oh, nice. Just solar, just outside solar lights. Oh, nice. Nice. And I'll yeah. just take the wire up on top. That way I can have... Have you thought about doing panels on the roof of the shed to do the power inside? So it... it well, it... it it kind of does have power inside because when I had the wind generator yeah, that I yeah. made, so there's it's it's. Oh, I know it's I know it's wired for power, but like the wind generator's gone, so you're running power from the house now, right? Yeah. So I'm I meant like yeah, have you thought about putting like panels on the roof? So to maybe solarize that it? might be something because then I don't have to pull the extension cord out yeah. there. So so anyway, we're gonna make some changes that we've been talking about, but it's like it's time. So anyway, yeah, twenty. We're planning on twenty here in the next. Like two and a half, three weeks. Nice. Yeah, I keep contemplating it. I just bought eggs from. Uh, I I won't do it because I can barely grow a garden properly. Um, when we bought eggs at Sam's Club yesterday, and like the cage-free eggs were cheaper than the big like five dozen thing. That's weird. It was still like two dozen eggs, but like six bucks, and that's cheaper than a dozen at most grocery stores. I know it's crazy. So we're still we're still probably every. Two to three weeks, we still have to buy eggs, and man, you hate it when you buy eggs, and they're not very good. But no. And you're paying, yeah, six. I'm disappointed because I want eggs from you. Bucks and, like I bought these cage-free eggs, and they're still all fucking bleached. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, and they're like, not that. Well, good. yeah, it's not. Well, so it's nothing about the eggs. It's the yeah, it's the process it's about the chickens. Afterwards. Well, no, it's the process. It's because those those eggs are they still forty days old before yeah, they get yeah. to you, and they're like so discolored. I should and, go over to uh, I should go over to Utah Natural Meats and buy eggs from them. Yeah, because even if you even if they're selling them for six or so, if you yeah, buy them from them, if they're like six or seven dollars a dozen, that ain't much different than the grocery they're store. They're local price. and they're a lot better because they probably came from the chicken like. The they before. came from the chicken there, yeah. Yeah. Like, and they're, they're, they wash them, I think, because people don't like dirty eggs, yeah. even though it's better not to. Yeah. But so we only wash them when they're, like, really poopy or covered, but yeah, we try not to. However, one thing, and I think we talked about it on the show, I'm pretty sure we did, we've been adding chili flakes to Yeah, everything. you were telling me that. Um, the yolks have now turned a deep... A dark, dark orange yeah. color. There's no taste. It doesn't no. af- affect the taste, but the color has definitely changed. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And Jonathan went out there, I believe it was Friday or Saturday, to check on the eggs. There's a big old rat right in the doorway, but it was super lethargic. So he kicked it really hard, and it hit the wall, thump, and fell down. Um, and then he took it, and he, he threw it out into the the coop. No, the road, oh, yeah. where it's been ever since, because he killed it when he kicked it. Um, but I think it wasn't doing well because of the chili. Because it was eating chili. <laughs> I think it was eating them, and it was like burning its guts up. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Jeez. So anyway, yeah, it's, so that's been my strange day. And yes, we're definitely gearing up. I and mean, we've had chickens for, I can't even, it's got yeah, like 10 years time. now. So we've had them for a long time. And the, the bulk I've, of the you've chickens. You've had them longer than that, because you had them when I was with 
Don and I've been maybe. with Chris for 13. Yeah, you, you've had them as so long as I've known Maybe you. F- more like 14, 15 Probably 15, years. 16 is what I'm thinking. So so we've had them for a long time. So for us, it's nothing new. But we are going to make some some improvements. However, the chickens we have right now are our COVID chickens. They're the ones yeah. that we got like during COVID. 20, early, yeah. Like early 20, 2020. Yeah. So, I mean, they're due three years old for a chicken. And that's then, that's it. So you got to get those other ones in there. To, they've reached the limit. So, yeah, we need to get the other ones going. We need to make the improvements. And then when we're ready to switch them out, we'll just put them on KSL. They'll be gone in 20 minutes. <laughs> the old ones. Yeah, they always are. It's, well, what, it's like, a, I don't understand that. Like, it's family of Mexicans that I shows guess. up and takes them every time. Every time. We it's like, this Mexican oh, free, family that free comes chickens. And takes I, them. Yeah, I guess you can stew them and stuff. They're not, they're fine for broth and other if things. If you get a, yeah, broth, or I guess if you mix them with other things. Maybe. Yeah, if you stew them up, they're probably not so bad. They're not chickens that you're going to cut up and fry up no. by itself. Like, no. Anyway, I just wanted to talk about it. <laughs> Eggs, for anyone that's curious, that's just the tip of the iceberg uh, in terms of where some specific foods are going to go. You know, well, the, the I do not even want to talk about this right now. So, and since we're on that vein, my, my sausage maker showed up today. Oh, nice. So, I'm, I'm, I'm into making sausages now these days, too, and hamburger and all that kind of stuff. Because you can do it so much cheaper yourself. Yeah, yeah, really can. It's so much better. Did you make sausages yet? Not yet, because it just showed up it today. It just came today. Okay. Well, said, I don't know. Maybe no, it just he, came that was today, part but, of his busyness. Uh, I was telling you the the wild hog burgers. They were so good. Heather requested I make more of them. Oh, nice. That's good. It's a good use for the for the the hog too. It is because I mean we've done other things. We've stewed it. We've done like pulled pork. We've done like pulled pork sandwiches, which is fine. But it's kind of nice to have something different. So all I did is went to Harmon's and got the back strap or the what is it the back fat the hog that's just the fat yeah i don't know it's like two bucks yeah for it's when they it's when they trim the hog at the store they just take off that strip of fat off the back oh yeah because the hog is lean enough that i've got to add you've got to add fat to to it it. yeah so i did that and then it's been marinating in that leona seasoning for one to three years depending on which piece of <laughs> so I st- we still added a tiny bit but it's already pretty seasoned. it's well seasoned yeah 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 sure. so we just added the fat to give it the the good consistency and those burgers were so good i made nine of them and they were all gone like the, by the next day that's great <laughs> that's great the offer still stands i'm happy to come over and show you how to did you order casings yes okay i'm happy to come over and show you Chris and some, i gonna have a sausage party some sausage stuff i'll we can <laughs> You never had sausage till you tasted a, a a piece of birch meat in your mouth. <laughs> Which I've had birch meat, and it's good. Um, so anyway, um, there's a few other things going on locally, like big news, a lot of big fucking news. Um, so the Delta Center lives on. In case you Delta didn't Center see is that, back baby. Uh, the the. Um, but I like to call it the Viv. Maybe I'll still it, call it the Viv. I've still call it, I have called it the Center Delta Center. Center. Maybe I'm gonna, maybe I'm just gonna keep calling it the Viv while you guys just get to go back. So to for the fiftieth anniversary of the team here in Utah, the Delta Center is back. They got an agreement with Delta again, so it is back being the Delta Center. Did, was it like a ten year? I think it's a ten year agreement, agreement, which is fantastic. I love it. Um, it probably doesn't hurt that Vivint was just bought by uh, a company down in Houston called Energy. Um, so it probably doesn't help that Vivint, you know, was, was acquired. Um, my guess is that's part of the non-renewal Have the Jazz really been here for 50 years? Um, or have they been in the, existence for 50? That's a good question. So I want to say, I want to say they came to Utah in the mid eighties. 
which is Never 40 been. years. But they were New Orleans Jazz before they came to Utah. Yeah. So the team That's itself, why they're called the Jazz. The team may be 50 years, but I can't 1974 imagine. was the first game the Jazz played. That was when they were in New Orleans. Yeah, in New Orleans. So, yeah, they've been a team for 50 years, but they've been in Utah. I mean, for 40-ish of that 50 Yeah, years. for a good chunk of that time. Um, so, yeah, the team hits its 50th birthday, and now we get the Delta Center back. back. to the Delta Center. So I can just keep calling it what I've called it this whole time. As long as we're talking about sports arenas, uh, the Larry H. Miller Group announced uh, this week that uh, they are going to leave Smith's Ballpark uh, that is down on 13th and build a new stadium, a privately funded stadium, out in Daybreak. Wow. So they want to move um, the baseball down to Daybreak. I think... It's a good idea geographically. I don't think they were getting the the people uh, down there uh, in ballpark. That ballpark area has not been a great place for a stadium. Well, and it it's unfortunately it's not a great area of town. Yeah, it's days. not a great neighborhood. Um, so they're trying to figure out what they want to do with the park after they leave. So it's it's. I mean, that's not going to happen for a couple more years as they build the stadium. But that also means that area between uh, Daybreak and Mountain View Corridor, there's like a big chunk of, uh, I can't remember, maybe it's from Bangator, like overall, like off of 130. Oh. There's a huge chunk of land um, that the ballpark is going to go on. That so in between Bangator and um, Mountain View or the other side of Mountain View? Either way, there's a lot of... Yeah, let me, they said it in the story that I read. Um that's why you put the links, even if you don't go. That'll to them. be that'll be nice. That'll be nice to be able to go to games that are closer. I mean, I would definitely go to more if they were closer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can find it because it is here. But basically, they were saying there's a lot more families out west now, especially in the southwest part of the valley, and this is a better place to be. And I got to tell you, I know a lot of people that live in Daybreak that would not. Don't like going downtown for a game because that's a long trip. That's a thirty to forty-five minute well, drive to get downtown. go downtown for anything. Like that, that the diehard jazz fans will go, but get him to go to much else. Is... Yeah, so it makes it makes a lot of sense, especially for a minor league team that really needs to feed off of people being in stadium. That's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, let's see. Oh, it's between the tracks line. Where is it in here? Sorry. So, is it out there by that Smith's kind of? Because there's a whole bunch of empty. Yeah, I think it's out by that Smith's. So it's between, okay, the teams for the new ballpark will be built on the under, undeveloped property between Mountain View Corridor and the tracks line. Okay. So, and and it's all, you can see it when you go out there. It says no trespassing, LHM property, that sort of thing. So, so that's out by where that, that U of U campus is, the, the medical campus yeah, out there. Kind yeah, of in that. That's like between 90th and 114th, somewhere yeah, in that area. That, General location. Well, I guess like cool. 114th and something else. I don't know. Yeah, that's really cool. I wonder, yeah, I wonder what they'll do with the old ballpark. If they're going to like keep it for other things or just... Mendon Hall wants to green space. Yeah, she wants to green space it because the city owns the property, I believe, and they've been leasing it to the ballpark, but hmm. um, I suspect I'll just tear it down and do something. Green space with it. They got to do something. They can't leave it derelict because in that neighborhood, nothing yeah. good will happen. With no. that thing uh, being there. So. Turn into like some bum camp or something. It's fucking already like that over there. It's so. too bad because that area has some really cool homes and some really cool stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bad neighborhood behind the ballpark, too. Those places get broken into all the time. Like, that's not a great neighborhood behind it, unfortunately. Yeah. So anyway, that was some uh, some some current stuff that that uh, came up in the news this week that I was I, I thought was worth mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Julia said she had something. Yes. So uh, my business, the Pleiadian Altar, is taking 
uh, part of the Utah Pagan Market. It's going to be every third. I think it's, is it every third or every fourth? You mean taking part in, right? I'm taking part in. Not taking part of it. I'm taking, I'm I'm stealing it. I'm taking it from them. Chop, chop. Okay, so it's the fourth Sunday of every month. And the the one I'm going to be participating in is at, um, Athena's Beans Coffee and Bistro in Sandy. And the market is 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So I have the next three months booked for it. And then as more open up, I'm planning to do all of them. Also, I was told I should do a, uh, some sort of promo for my business. If you want to stop by my shop and mention you heard about us on the podcast, I will give you 10% off. Do it. Uh, you can find all the address and stuff at utahcrystals.com. How's that shop doing, by the way? I haven't really gone down there again because I'm past not. its year mark. It's, it's up and down. Has it really been a year since we've leased it? Since okay. you leased no, it? No, oh, not quite. It's just about. You didn't we leased open it until in like right? April was so when our lease officially in, started. It was, it was in 90 days her March, insurance but, renews. So it's, I mean, we're coming up on the one year. No, uh, yeah, I already renewed my lease for there, another but. year. Yeah, because it took, I spent four or five months setting it up. Yeah, so. it took a while. That's really cool. So, um, I meant to look it up. I already explained why I didn't, but, uh, Folk Hogan just listed, uh, four or five new concerts they've got coming up. Awesome. Yeah. Go check that out. They do our intro and outro music. So yeah, um, they're, they're gearing up. They've got, it's three or four within the next couple of weeks. I apologize for not having their that. Their shows but, are great, but they've just, li- they just listed like Sunday night. I think they're so much fun. They're great stage presence. They get out in the crowd. It's a blast. Um, cool. Uh, legislative session starting Starts up today. Um, today. Be now through the beginning of March. Um, Salt Lake, uh, Utah. I shouldn't say Salt Lake. Utah is one of the states that has a part-time legislature. Part-time meaning they get together for about six weeks or so um, and uh, hash everything out in those six weeks. Um, you really can't have a normal job and take six weeks off to go be up at Capitol Hill, but that's what they do. They take those six weeks to figure out what the people of Utah want. Then they close the doors the last week and do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you can feel free to go up on the hill. Uh, as always, we'll talk more about specific stuff as it pops up. Uh, le.utah.gov is where you're going to go find all the legislative session stuff. And you can see every bill up for proposal and committee, all that stuff. All 20, a lot of times pages. they'll have links for it, um, updates, fiscal. There's a, always a fiscal uh, analysis attached to it. Uh, so uh, we've talked about this many times. When it comes to national things, no, you don't have a whole lot of say. But this is the kind of stuff that you absolutely have a say, and this is the kind of stuff that's going to affect you here in Utah. We've had lots of people on our show that are involved in Capitol Hill that say they've all told us the same thing. Don't just email. Pick up the phone and call your local rep. So, for example, my senator now is Karen Kwan uh, because Senator, senator Karen Maine retired for health yeah, reasons. Yeah. And the Democratic delegation said, okay, Kwan, you can have her job. So Kwan is moving into the Senate. Uh, and then um, – uh, Ashley, uh, can't think of her name. Uh, fuck. I can't think of but her I name. But I like her. Um, anyway, she's our rep, but you pick up your phone and you call them and you call their office. They all have published phone numbers. If you go to, uh, le.utah.gov, it's all there. Every one you of them. You can look up who your representatives are and how to contact them. A lot of them have their fucking cell phones and home addresses listed. Well, when Rep Hutchings was our rep, his house is three blocks that way. Like, We've had people on the show say there are certain things that not a single person called 
to complain, to say, and it, so it just passed. Whereas one person, one person call and say anything and they would have debated it or whatnot. But there are certain things that people just know. This, this isn't, this isn't the, 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 the U S legislature. This is the state legislature. So there aren't an office full of people fielding calls. Isn't it's whatever. <laughs> there, there's usually one person, <coughs> maybe two. Sometimes it's just the rep. It's just your representative, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Here it's you. There's usually there's usually an office and stuff. They've got offices up at the. Yeah, they don't always have people in their offices. Yeah, but they usually do. They usually have some some sort but of. This is this is the kind of stuff where it's the liquor laws. That I mean, this is the the battle for the year to see who gets. It all happens here. Licenses, what gets changed. You getting in your, your representative's ear, um, it can plant a worm, it can plant inception, you know, whatever. <laughs> I put some links that I'll, I'll put on the blog. Um, one was for Salt Lake Magazine, what to expect in the 2023 Utah legislative session. Um, that's just talking about some of the highlights that they've already, uh, people have already put forth that they're going to talk about. And then the other was um, the League of Women Voters of Utah, which I didn't even know existed. But apparently they are nonpartisan. Um, they lobby for different things. They give you updates. They I went to their website and it was I swear really we nice. talked to someone from there like Maybe, a year ago. But I didn't remember it. But anyway, so I'm going to put those, le- those was- links out there because they are they're like right now they're working on um the gerrymandering stuff still so like you can find if 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 just calling your representative it you don't feel like maybe that's enough maybe you want to get more involved um these are some different things that are happening that are going on different ways that you can reach out and and actually participate and maybe do some stuff on what you think is important wasn't Pacera part of that yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe Pacera maybe. was part of that group. Um, so I can guess some of the big things on the docket this year. The the high the the higher attention getting things will be water conservation. Yep. Uh, the Great Salt Lake in particular, and some sort of of uh, restoration or saving project for that. I know Utah Lake. That whole debacle is still on it. Was it one of the island and all the that whole mess of stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, that's not gonna fucking happen. No, uh, but yeah, that that might get talked about again. Um, I know uh, mental health is a big deal in the state still. Um, we'll see if they do any more. The, housing, the, probably yeah, housing. The Utah legislature has been really good about trying to push some mental health services in the state. Um, um, well, we have that new. Don't that, we have a, a number you can call? That's three one one, and it's national. And it's national now. I know roads and infrastructure is always a big one. Yeah, that's always a big one. UTA. Um, I will. I will also say this: the state had a big surplus, which in a Republican-controlled state means we're going to get some tax cuts probably. So when they get into the budgeting piece, you will probably see like property tax cuts and things like that. Hopefully, they won't do more food tax bullshit. Um, but like Jeremy said, a lot of that stuff. They'll debate it, and then the last week of the session, everything gets passed behind closed doors, um, and deals get made that the public's not aware of, and that's the way it goes everywhere. It's not just Utah, um, but if you make phone calls to your representatives, 
you get a voice basically in those backroom meetings essentially because those are the guys that will then go in and say, hey, this is, you know, this is what my constituent says. Especially if your representative is a Republican, then they actually have more sway. Um, but especially early in the session, if there's a piece of legislation you really want to fight for, call your rep. All right. With us this week, we have uh, Troy Mum from the Utah Ale Trail. How are you today, Troy? Doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you. I know it's been a little while trying to get it all scheduled to have you on here, so we're we're happy to have you on. Yeah, looking forward to it today, especially so. in the bad weather. Yeah. Thanks for traveling. Yeah, yeah. well, well he didn't have to come too far, but yeah, it's kind of nasty out there today. It is winter's here. <laughs> he had to brave the uh, the snow. The, so I this morning when we left, when I left, I should say to take Phoebe's to the the daycare thing. Uh, I came back and I'm like, okay, there's. Barely any snow. It was like an inch. Yeah, like an inch of snow on the driveway. I'm like, let's shovel it and put the melt down, and then we won't have to shovel all day like later. And it worked like a charm. Until Until right now. Like right now. So he had to walk through (laughs) some snow on the sidewalk. We got snow but in Riverton, but it didn't stick to the sidewalk. So it's on the grass. We had, I don't know, maybe an inch on the grass, but nothing on the sidewalk yet. But when I was leaving, it was starting to stick. Yeah, if we hadn't have done that, it would have just kept piling up on the driveway, I think, because it was already starting to pile, so... Um, anyway, thanks for joining us. Thanks for braving the, uh, the fun roads today, um, to, to get here in West Stabbington. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get into uh, the Utah L Trail, which is a website and some other stuff. Um, but we want to start more specifically with you. And uh, when were you born? When was I born? Just yeah. the, just the date. <laughs> what's your birthday? The the, the month and the just date. Just say what's your birthday. Most people don't your, say the no, year, Bree. Your some social people, your no, social some people, comes do yeah. <laughs> some people do throughout the year. So um, actually, I just had my birthday, January eleventh. Oh, well, happy birthday. Thank you. It was all six days ago. It wasn't even a week ago. So, yeah. the first part of April. Easter par- baby. Parents yeah. were enjoying the Easter. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Or were so, they concert you know, goers? I always had this. You, you know, always say concert, Dad. Yeah, because that's a big thing. A lot of people. No. No, I, no probably not. Not, not. I, um, no, it's I, having the uh, close to Christmas birthday has always been. You know, it just kind of blends all together. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You're like two weeks out, three yeah. weeks out from Christmas. People are so. like, we're doing celebrating. Just here's a present. That's yeah. go. My oh. youngest is, uh, he just had his birthday and it's the same thing. He's like, don't put my my birthday stuff in Christmas wrapping paper. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want you yeah. to consider that you were probably conceived right around the spring solstice. I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> so, or the spring equinox, I guess. It's not a solstice no, in the it's spring. A... It's the equinox. So. Yeah. It was probably some sort of spring celebration. Were your parents hippies? No. no not they, at all. They got Randy on Easter. <laughs> 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 they celebrate Easter a different way. <laughs> so where were you born? Here? I, no, I was uh, I was born in Minnesota, in central Minnesota, a town called St. Cloud. Oh, yeah. Um, St. Cloud, Minnesota. St. Cloud's at a uh, big, uh, big Catholic family. There's seven. There's eight of us. Seven brothers and sisters. That's where the uh, Prairie Home Companion yeah. comes from. So that's right. Some <laughs> East Coast Catholics, man. They're all big families. People think Mormons are the only ones that have really big families, and you get to the Catholic families in like the Midwest <laughs> and the East. They're huge. Yeah. Or the weird evangelical like Duggars that have like thirty <laughs> kids. That's a whole different story. Yeah, that's right. What is, what is it about Minnesota and coming to Utah? Because I think in the last year we've probably had, gosh, I don't know, like six or seven guests that have said they're originally from Minnesota. You know, I've I've 
known quite a few Midwesterners uh, specifically that, and actually most of my closer friends have Midwestern roots. So I don't know if that you know that oh, just, maybe that's just kind thing. of gravitate towards each other or what. But I don't know. I know my brother came out here as well to ski. You know, you get pretty. A little bit of skiing in Minnesota, but it's pretty lame, so they come out here to get good yeah, skiing. Not it's, a lot of mountains in Minnesota. It's more yeah. like ice. <laughs> there's a lot of cross-country uh, yeah, style yeah, and not ice hockey. Really powder in Minnesota. Yeah, but, <clears throat> there's, some, there's some stuff up north that is yeah. pretty nice, but uh, not like here. Yeah. So what brought you to Utah? Um, I came to Utah to work at KRCL. Oh. To, I got okay. a job at uh, – I, I graduated with a uh, degree in communications and – and uh, focused on broadcasting and uh, really wanted to work in public radio or community radio. And, um, you know, there's not a ton of those jobs. So I kind of had to go where I could where I could find one. So did you do I'm, – I'm assuming junior high, high school, all in Minnesota, college? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yep. of that, Minnesota. Okay. Yep. What uh, college did you go to? St. Cloud State University. Nice. I was on the uh, six, seven, eight-year plan. And, uh, you know, college radio was uh, really – you know, some of the greatest times of my life. And that's where uh, I still have my friends from college radio more than more than college itself or high school or anything else. Mm-hmm. I remember I, you know. I, had, I had friends in college that worked at the U. I went to the U, U of U. So I had, I had some friends that were on the U radio and they loved it. I don't know if any of them ever actually went on to do it. That's because you get to do well, whatever you want. Sasha Bloom. Radio. If, if you know Sasha Bloom, so I, I was friends with him and he was on the radio at the U radio. And then he shows up from time to time. He did some stuff for like the the... Oh, the Van X, and I don't know. So I see him from time to time, but I'm not sure if he kept it up. Yeah. It's a good group of weirdos in radio. So I think good. you have to be. Yeah. That's not a – it's a pretty thankless job, to <laughs> say the least. So wh- when did you come here for radio? Um, it was in 1998. Oh, okay. Okay. So I've been here for – years a, ago. I've been here a long time. How, and, how long ago, babe? Forty-five. It's almost how long I've wow. been here. You know, I know that because my daughter was born in nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> She's going to be twenty-five. So well, this month, so. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I feel like a native yet, even after twenty-five years of yeah. being here. <laughs> hey, I've been here for twenty-four. I was just here a year after you. So, so what did you do uh, at KRCL? Um, I was operations director and uh, program director. Uh, you know, we're in charge of volunteers and. All kinds of random things, and I was there for um, about eight years. Nice, yeah. And uh, you know, it, it's really a it's really a gr- uh, great organization and a really interesting place. You know, to be to come to Salt Lake City and immediately get immersed in in the community that's you know part of KRCL, which is all kinds of oh yeah, people. Oh, yeah. it's everything. You know? Well, we have yeah. the punk rock farmer. He's mm-hmm. a DJ on yeah. Isn't yeah. he? A DJ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a part-time. Well, actually, most of these are part-time now, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah like, they, 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 they a, lot of, a lot of volunteers. And back then when I was there, it was almost all volunteers, you know, uh, on, especially on the air. Everyone was a volunteer. So we had him. Um, and he was a great guy. He's, yeah, he was great. He's a funny guy. What? Uh, so you worked there for eight years. You know, where did you go after that? Why did you, why'd you leave or get fired or let go? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the situation is. probably so. needed a house and needed to make some money. Well, exactly. <laughs> Radio's yeah. cool, but like Tyson. Especially good, public radio. Yeah. My good friend Tyson Webb has been in radio forever and ever. And 
He was a DJ. He's cool. He was a DJ for a long time. He was like, I can't, I can't do it. So on one hundred one nine. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was on the end. He was on ninety nine five. He was on a bunch, but he eventually went into sales because he's like, I can't pay my bills being. A DJ, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I, you know, <laughs> had a had a kid and um, you know house and all that and yeah uh, needed to find something that could pay the bills. Yeah. So where did you go from a career in radio? Well, it probably, I don't know, probably wasn't the smartest idea, but, but we started a um, web design agency and that's where I've been working with since. And so that's been 18 years or so. And it's, that was a fine idea, especially in, well, okay, so I'm just trying to piece together. So 98, eight years, it's like 2006. Yeah. Uh, and so you are doing web design right when the economy tanks in 08, 09. <laughs> that's right. That You're was, only like was, two or three years old at that point. That's right. It was not great timing, but it was fine. Um, you know, we, uh, we were both since my, my partner also worked at KRCL and we had a lot of connections in the nonprofit community from, from being there. And that's where we, um, found a lot of clients. Oh yeah. And, and we focused and we've, have had a lot of clients in that industry um, ever since. Um, the Utah Arts Festival was one of our first clients, and oh, nice. they're still a client. So we've had them as a client for this whole. That time says a business. lot about your quality as as a business too to have a, a client, especially of that caliber. You don't do anything with the Leonardo, do you? Oh, God, do not. Know. No, yeah, that's don't. good. Don't. <laughs> you just shouldn't. I mean, anything that you do for them will be lost. So, so that was about the time I started my business. Same thing. Great timing. Um, but I remember when I started, so 07 is when I started, uh, my company. You had to have a, a web page back that, well, you still have to, yeah. but it wasn't like now where you can, anybody can do it. Like yeah. I had to hire. Yeah. There still weren't, even back in 07, it wasn't like, you know, it was a very mysterious thing. Nobody really knew how to yeah. approach it. You saw, I mean, Dreamweaver, I think, was probably the big software yeah. back in, in the early 2000s. But I couldn't, 2000s. I couldn't jump on it and make changes. I mean, I probably could now. I just suck at it. And I, I don't think you it. could. But, but, but back then it was like, <laughs> as your was... technical, as your technical expert in your life, <laughs> as the person I don't who think you could. runs my website. <laughs> yeah. I just, but, but back then it was like this mystical mystery. Nobody had a clue. But now, yeah. I mean, now you can get the, pages and at least put together a glorified brochure and yeah things like that so it has become more user yeah, friendly, i guess that's right we've you know we've obviously seen and gone through a lot in those in that time um but we've always you know the focus has always been spent on uh service and support and and providing relatively affordable services and you know because it used to be back then you go to a website and go to some agency you're spending a lot of money mm-hmm. right? i spent so much money on my first website like yeah. it was ridiculous what i paid <laughs> for my first website and i'm like do i even really need this but it was yeah. right at that because it was 07 so it was like yeah you that you need that you gotta, i had my yellow pages ad and now if i google someone and they don't have a website i'm like i don't even know who this company mm-hmm. is they're not legit yeah it's weird well website in some form of social yeah, media yeah and social or if you can't find them on instagram they don't exist something that's how it is for people my age cuz yeah i so yeah. i have my i don't yellow look page for their ad. website i look for their instagrams i had my yellow page ad in the actual yellow pages that like came to your house but that that <laughs> faded out. I don't it, think one yeah. of those has made it into my doorway. <laughs> in, I don't know. Prob- since we've lived here, I don't think we've had one that we actually brought in the house. Uh, yeah, we've had some. But I, yeah, they, I think that they just they land on the porch, and I pick them up and take them to the recycling. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've, it's probably been yeah. It's probably been four or five years since, since I've one seen one. Yeah. Up on my 
Yeah, so it's it was in, it was an interesting time to uh, try to approach it in a different way, and that's kind of what we did, and found some good clients with that. That so, what's uh, the name of that? If you want to give it a little that's plug, Third Son, T H I R D S U N, Third Son Productions. Um, and you know, we do a lot more with design and other things now, but we've kind of always stayed away from the uh, I don't know the the email marketing and stuff like that uh-huh. that. SEO, no, S- yeah. yeah, and uh, you know that a lot of people are paying for voodoo with that, and they don't really know what they're buying. And uh, they, we've always just tried to be um, reasonable about all that stuff. It's like, yeah, you, we could, we're happy to charge you all this money to to call it SEO, but really just you know create good content and. I know every time I get, because I use GoDaddy, and every time I get something from them, I send it to Chris. Do I need this? Is this something? <laughs> yeah, you need to pay for that. Okay. Because yeah. I have no clue. I just get these, you're something, something's about to one of, the, one of these days, I'll actually like sit down and make your website not be a piece I of crap. We just, <laughs> you just use it for a web presence and the occasional That's, lead that you so get off of it. All those years ago, I actually had like a working website and, because I, uh, I own an architect's firm, so we, we'd have like houses and house plans and all that. But even in my industry, that's that's gone away. The, the catalog is not nobody wants that anymore. Now your por- yeah. your portfolio is your Instagram, right? And and everything we do is full custom. The days of picking a house out of a catalog are long gone. The people that can yeah. afford to design a house, especially right now don't want anything out of the catalog and they don't want anything you've done for anybody else. So the whole, <laughs> even though 85 to 90% of what you do for them, it's is all actually the same. stuff that you copied from another side. It's of all plans. the same, but, but the cheapest house you're going to custom design right now, you're, you're going to be half a million dollars for like an yeah. entry level 1800 well, square foot home. Just the way the economy is right now. Yeah. And, and you know, every, every firm is different with that, right? If you're starting out, you got to, you got to, Show you're legitimate. Right. What, you, what have you done? You know, who are you? What's your style? Yep. So if, you know, when you get to that point where you don't need to show that off, that's, that's a good place to be. Um, you know, even, you know, even now we, we have to put up our portfolio of stuff we've done. Oh, right? yeah. People want to see that. And, you know, we don't get a ton of traffic, but that's okay. We just want people to, people that are good, good traffic right. to get there. Good traffic, right? not volume. Yeah. But if you're still around after that long, you're doing something right. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's it's worked. Um, and we we stayed small. There's just four of us that work there. Um, and uh, it's it's worked. You know, yeah, you don't have to be huge to do well. I mean, Jeremy's yeah. a one man show, so yeah. And I just, yep, I sub it out. I've got subcontractors. Yeah. I've got I sub work out. I so so I I'm a one man show, but I, it works. You can stay nimble that way. You have a big staff. It's uh, you got to keep that work flowing in. Yeah, and that can be and a, big that can overhead be hard. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, how did you come about the idea of putting together the the L Trail? Well, um, one of the things we do as staff occasionally is go to some of these conferences, and and we went to a conference in Vancouver um, as a staff. So there were there it was a different group, but it was still four of us, and we. As we like to do when we're in different towns, we visited the breweries in Vancouver. and There's some good ones. That's exactly what Chris and I do every time we travel. <laughs> so when we were in Seattle, we hit the local stuff. When we were in Hawaii, we hit the local stuff. We yeah. did an Alaska cruise a couple of years ago. Every stop we went, we went specifically to find like, local yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's, well, exactly. And so that was kind of where the idea came from as we were going to all the different breweries in Vancouver. Uh, a number of them had this same um, booklet that – 
was a guide to the Vancouver brewing scene. And it was a really nice, you know, printed piece. <clears throat> but as a web design firm, we thought, well, that, that should be on the web. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it makes more sense anyway, because it's changing constantly and, and you can bring it with you now on your phone and that sort of thing. And so, so we, uh, decided to kind of create this website and project and, um, social media, uh, um, platform or not platform, but, uh, presence. And, um, so it's been a lot of fun. It's a side project we do as a firm and we, you know, we, we lose money on it. It costs us a lot of a bit of money. That's the room you're sitting in right now. Yeah. Yeah, this is a passion project too. Yeah. So when you so your firm is the one that actually does the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, and um, you know the different its activity kind of comes and goes. But uh, as you as you may have noticed, the the big event we do is the fall crawl, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, so we've done that. I think this was the fourth year. Um, Every fall, of course, there was, you know, two pandemic falls in there and that kind of messed everything up. But but uh, it really has become a lot of fun where um, it just gives people an excuse to go out, try different breweries, you know, explore different different ones that might not that they might not have gone to before. Do you just stick with the downtown stuff? Um, We uh, contact every brewery in Utah and and ask them to participate. And, um, the ones that say, yeah, sure, we put on the list. <laughs> um, and you would, you would think that it's easier than it sounds <laughs> just to get that, um, agreement to. We've l- talked to both breweries yeah. and people similar to yourself who, who do these events. Yeah. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like, Hey, do you guys want to be featured in our pub crawl thing? And they're like, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, we have a marketing team talk to them. Like. Exactly. And I mean, actually, you know, a lot of them are like, love it. They, oh, they're yeah. so appreciative of, you know, brings in people. Some of them have their, you know, they tell us they have their busiest weekends they've, they had all year on that weekend. And so it's really a no brainer. I mean, all we ask is that they, you know, punch the, the passport and, yeah. and, and give a prize out if, you know, we've we've said four stamps, and you complete your passport, and you can turn that in for a prize. And you know, sometimes it's a, a printed glass or a, a discount on on swag or whatever it is. Um, so it's not you know, it's not asking that much for what they get out of it, um, but it is a lot of work, you know, because to kind of create all that and, and coordinating is the is the biggest thing. Um, but you're right; it's you know, some of them. Most the ones that don't participate, just we can never get a hold over. They never respond. There's only there's has there's only been one in the time that has just said and no thanks. Just straight up no, yeah. Yeah, I could guess who that is, but I I won't. Well, and <laughs> and they were regretting that this year and actually proactively oh. contacted us and said we we got to be involved next year. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Good. So, so I'm I'm assuming Red Rock is one of your people that are all in. Um, yeah, we were up there. Uh, three months ago from, I don't know, oh, time. Oh, it was warm. Yeah, it was warm. Time just all meshes together. But the guy that we interviewed, he was amazing. And he knows so much. <laughs> and just to sit down and we talked about, well, he talked about everything. We drank. Michael Drews. Michael Drews. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's who I've, I'm in touch with that over dude, there. Old, old dude with like silver hair. So kind of long. Yeah. I've never met him. I just, you know, oh. email. So he's, he's their guy. I mean, so they started the brewery. Late eighties, early nineties. He just showed up every day. 
He just was like, this is cool. I'm just going to be for, for like a drink. Every He's day. like, this is going to be che- my cheers. Yeah. And then, and then the owners were like, you know what? You, you've been with this since day one. You want to kind of be our tester a, kind of guy. A little of this, a little of that. And he's yeah. like, yeah. Well, now he's like their P- head, head of PR. He like <laughs> basically runs the place. Uh, and, oh, that's cool. But he is so involved with everything, with all of this kind of stuff. And, and the history of the development of breweries and stuff in the state. It's yeah. So when you get guys like that that have that kind of passion, it's just so much fun to, to, to have them be part of these events. Yeah. They just, they know so much and, and they're so personable and. Yeah. It's, it's really it is a lot of fun and, and we get different levels of engagement. You know, some of the guys like that are, are on top of it. I'll, sometimes you go right to the, the brewer, the head brewer is the one that you t- talk to. Sometimes it's some marketing company or some general manager. And so, you, and there's a lot of turnover in these breweries too. So it's kind of year to year, always hard to. Right find that so so you know but you know we make an effort and what we really would love to see is that we get you know just everyone participates like make it a, a statewide thing and right you know why not we've had um silver reef in st george and this year prodigy and Lo- and logan oh and i don't think you know not a ton of people are going up there from salt lake but they're still getting this exposure down here and well, their, I know their it, logos on everything at and, one time and i don't know if it was your event but they had the bus was that your event uh, no. So there was one of the events that was the, and they did the bus. And so I don't remember what you, you paid a certain amount, but yeah. the bus actually took you and they started up, um, at Talisman uh-huh. in Ogden and then ended up in Salt Lake at, I don't know, Fisher or one of them in Salt Lake. So there's an actual bus that, that did well, this tour. Uh, well, that, I mean, we did suggest that to a couple of people who were like, how can we get to all these? And not, we're like, I don't know. Can you look at this bus thing? Charter like, bus. What, I mean, there's a million things we could do with it, but we're, again, we're like, we're stretched to what we right. what we do. Um, but hopefully, but it would be great if people would like participate that way, like build on it, you know? Yeah. Do your own, do your own part of it. How on earth? So you guys have. I was just like fishing around the map of the breweries that you guys do stuff with. Edge of the World Brewery in Colorado City, Arizona. <laughs> How in the hell is there a brewery in Colorado City? First That's, of all. Uh, um. <laughs> Yeah, they're not obviously they're not in Utah, but I thought they deserved to be. They're under. basically um, in Utah. They're yeah. in like the worst part of Utah, but they're basically they're in, in a, Utah. just a couple of miles. I don't know, but I think it's really really awesome that somebody down there started a brewery and just said, you know what, uh, we need we need something. We need a brewery in this well, town full of three families. <laughs> the crazy thing though is that's where so the cheese they have an actual cheese competition every year. They win almost every year. They beat out like Beehive Cheese. Is it from? Are they from Colorado yeah, City? Yeah, it's that same group. So they've got the the brewery. They've got the the, the creamery. Like those huh. people are crazy. <laughs> well, not well. And well I, somewhat off topic, but not exactly. There's that place called Jack Mormon Coffee, uh-huh. um, kind of by LDS Hospital. Uh, the guy's Mormon. He doesn't even drink coffee, but he's really passionate about it. And his coffee wins all the time. Good. Yeah, probably. probably. Um, he probably drinks. Coffee. So do you? Do you keep close tabs? Then you know, kind of being the self-proclaimed like brewery um, conjoler. I don't know yeah. what the word. Conjoler. Um, yeah, we try to. And, you know, things happen pretty quickly. And as a matter of fact, just on the beginning of this year, Ogden River Brewing um, closed down and, and reopened as Ogden. Brewing company, really? Hmm. Is it the same um, everything, or did they sell? Or do you um, 
you know, I'm not exactly sure the whole story, but, hmm. you know, they were owned, Ogden River was owned by a, a conglomerate, like Lotus oh. something, and they, um, I don't know, I guess they decided it wasn't working out, and so they sold it um, to another local group. And Jackie, who was at Roosters, um, went over there to be their brewer. Oh. Um, so anyway, that's not updated on the website, that- but... Um, that's an interesting, like, incestual relationship amongst distillers and brewers in this state. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Like, we've talked, oh, yeah. We've talked to so many over the years, and like, we'll talk to, we'll talk to one who's like, let's say he's the head distiller at one spot, and he's like, oh, I'm going to go open my own place. The guy that owns, uh, that does Holy Stone, Ethan. Yeah. Like, he was, where was he at before? Was he over at Sugar House? I think before? it was Sugar House. And like, but that happens all the time. Like, we're yeah. like, oh, the head brewer. Oh, he went to this other place. <laughs> like, well, so, yeah, like, yeah. I know Bohemian. Has mm-hmm. had a couple of their brewers either start at Bohemian and move over, or do really well other places and go to Bohemian. So you do see a lot of that. Oh yeah, yeah. I just saw um, who did I see? TF posted some social media about their new their new brewer who came from who was a brewer at Epic for oh. like seven or eight years, and so yeah, they move around a lot. And and there's I, you know there's a big competition for good brewers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, um, well, and you know one thing, and we've talked about this a lot on this show because Utah has such the interesting liquor laws and everything else i think it's created some amazing breweries microbreweries because we've had they've had to work around all of utah's weirdness yeah. but they've created there's some amazing beer here in utah there is uh, yeah there's some really great stuff going on and and um we don't you know i don't we have the quantity of a lot of cities this size but i think we've got a great quality and and there's plenty, you know, there's different things for different people, depending on what you like. Yeah. What kind of brew, uh, brewery you like to hang out in or what kind of styles you like. So, um, so for instance, if you hate IPAs, just go to Bohemian because they make nothing but lagers. Bohemian. <laughs> yeah, but Bohemian, <laughs> I love Bohemian. Their German style, everything is some of my favorite. Like, I you know, like a good lager. I've never had anything there that I was like, mm, like. And their restaurant's fantastic. And the restaurant yeah. is so good. That's where we went for my birthday this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a big fan of Bohemian. Uh, so, so what are some of your favorites? What are some of your favorite breweries and what are some of your favorite beers? Um, well, um, not that we're picking favorites. You don't have to pick favorites. Well, Just I'll, say, I'll, I'll some of your favorites. I'll pick some sure. of my, well, I'll, I'll pick a couple that we actually work with as as our the web design firm, uh, Roja Brewing has oh, been God. a client since um, since they opened. And They're so fairly new, aren't they? Like three or four years. Three four years old. Um, we know Rob really well over there, and and the other uh, owners and um, their uh, their um, pumpkin that they did, like a black pumpkin. That one was really good. Yeah. And then they have that winter time. They're, they've got a winter one that they did the last couple of Christmas. Jeremy drinks way more beer than me. Yeah, their and they're you know, really good. Their Thursday IPA is just like a solid s- standard IPA. You just, you just want a good regular IPA, <laughs> nothing crazy about it, you know. But it's really, really good. Um, and their new ta- and the tap room they expanded the tap room not too long ago, and it's really nice. It's a nice space um, over there. That's something a lot of people don't. And you, I know you guys have these all like mapped out. And actually, uh-huh. I know on the L Trail site, like there's a, I can't remember where it's at, but there's a spot where you can like say, I want to see all the ones with tap rooms. That's something a lot of people don't think about. Cause when you think of pub, you're thinking of like just a place to go get food. But a lot of like, like, uh, shades and Fisher have tap rooms, uh, and, um, Talisman. Talisman. Only had a tap room for a long Red time. Red Rock has their tap uh, room. Yeah. But the tap rooms are fantastic because you can just go up and just a, you know, a lot of times Salt it's Flats. a small bar at the distillery yeah. or at the yeah. brewery. Salt and, Flats has their... Yeah, they have their tap room. Yeah, it's it's fun part of the whole situation. I, I 
It's what I love visiting all the different breweries and seeing what seeing what they're like. And and some of them obviously are restaurants, and so you mm-hmm. want to know like can I can can I go there? Can I bring my kids there? Which of course in Utah you can't bring your kids to the ones that only serve. Can't go to the tap room with the kids, but but. We were just in, I was just in uh, Arizona and went in to have a beer at a tap room. And look at that. There's kids in here. How about that? And they're not all raging alcoholics. <laughs> no. They weren't all drinking? <laughs> they don't know yet. They haven't grown up. So. <laughs> Two more years, Jeremy. Um, it takes a while. So, so what else? So, so what, uh, well, and so Fisher's also um, good friends and we've done a little work with them to help, help uh, their site is, you know, their, their merch game is really, not really what they're all about, but they've. Dialed in their merch game, uh, fantastic. You know, yeah. they sell a ton of stuff online and at the shop. And so, anyway, we helped them set up the Shopify store, and, and so they can kind of so we did the, sell that. And, that's why we did the yeah. that's where we did the soap class, didn't we? Was it plus Fisher? No, that was at Shade. Plus, they're ha- plus they're right around the corner from Ruby Snap Cookies. So. Yeah. yeah, Ruby Snap, and right. they're expanding. I don't know if you've been by there lately, but they bought that whole that building on the rest of the block there. Oh, really? Up to the corner, the, the Chocolate Conspiracy. Did they buy their space? Um. No, so was, Chocolate Conspiracy will still be above them. Okay, yeah. okay, because mm-hmm. it goes Ruby Snap, Chocolate Conspiracy. Then that one on the corner, my firm actually did some work for the, a coffee house that was going to go in there. Fisher's across the street from Ruby Snap, right? No, it's on the no, same it's right the corner. It. No, it's right behind the corner. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that corner, you know, I'm very familiar with that corner unit because we were going to do it, but my client ended up not going with it. So Ruby Snaps has taken that, like, that whole corner unit and everything. Is that the uh, no, Fisher? No, Fisher. Or Fisher's taking yes. It. So they're coming. Oh wow! All the way out to the road. Yeah, and so nice. they've got some production space in there. They put in a canning line, event space. Um, but you know those guys are really bootstrapped. They're doing a lot of the work themselves. And we tried so to get Fisher on the time. show a few times. If you if you have a word with those they're, guys, they are not good on uh, electronic <laughs> communication. No, they are not. <laughs> <laughs> I can verify that. But they're s- such great guys. They're really nice and um, they're really involved in the community and what they're doing. So. So I love that spot. Our office used to be over there, and we would go quite frequently. You know, they always have food, food trucks. I know they've got good food. They've, they've got good pub food. Just well, they they always have a different food truck there. Yeah, they have. Yeah. The, the they're the ones that bring the trucks. Different. The trucks yeah. are always right there on the street. Right, is Eighth South right there? Yeah, yeah. They have the the. I know the Jamaican kitchens there at least once or twice. Well, a week. the the Alexi's shop. Cocktail Collective. Cocktail Collective is just south of that, just like two or three blocks. Yeah, south. like the yeah. Art Space Commons or whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and uh, one thing they just did last week is they they got a new neon sign where they're outlined you know, the Fisher Brewing sign that's along the front there. That's now in neon. Oh, nice! Oh, wow. It looks just cool. It's really nice. Yeah, we really I really <laughs> want to get those guys on it to talk about it because they were Fisher was the original brewery. Well, one of other than. Uh, Solid Brewing Company, the original Solid Brewing Company, but Fisher was the first independent brewing company. And then, um, during uh, Prohibition, they kind of lost it. And then the brothers, some that, that own it and run it somehow discovered, Hey, our family owned this. And yeah, one of the, one of the owners is the grandson of one of the original Fisher Brewing yeah. clan. And so, yeah, so there's a relation there. It's a great, it's a great story. I'd love to have them on. Yeah. Like well, said, really? It, you haven't said it. I know. I haven't said that you, seven you, times. I, you just got to you got to go in there and, and talk. You're going to have to go in there. You yeah. have to go in there and have some drinks. We're going to have to go in there. Anyway. Um, so what else? Uh, Fisher? Uh, I, I love what Level Crossing's doing. I like their tap room. Um, and they're, they got good food there. Where are they located? They're in South Salt Lake on, um, on is, it, is, it, is it West Temple? 
I think. Um, yeah, about twenty seven hundred south the or so. Temple about there. Okay, right. They're right under the the big water tower oh. in South Salt Lake. Okay, okay. Um, and they have a really they nicely remodeled building, and their brewer there is. Uh, started it with uh, one of the former um, High West guys. Oh. And that's kind of, yeah, he funded them. And Chris Dietrich is the head brewer and other uh, co-owner. And he was kind of the brains behind it. And um, they do some really great stuff. And um, So they'll be selling in about five years to another major. <laughs> like <laughs> I, went, I wonder. but um, So when High West sold, did they keep the core people or did they? I don't know. I don't know much about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, would, I would imagine they just kind of, they just turned it and burned it basically kept the kept the marketing staff but you know because that's but that was the whole idea the guys those guys were genius that was was the whole point is we want to build we want to build a they built a heck of a brand that we can yeah sell and make millions and they did well that's you know some not very many brewers start it that way you know they they're in it because they love making beer. Mm-hmm. And well, a lot of them start as home brewers. Yeah. Like, we talk, remember we talked yeah. to, especially like the Talisman people, like yeah. they were brewing stuff at home and they're like, oh, this is pretty good. They both retired. Yeah, they're both Air Force, husband, wife, Air Force. Because uh, we interviewed them like years ago. Forever ago. Forever yeah. ago, but shortly after they opened. So they, they're both retired. You can tell by their sticker placement. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. have a good, sti- they they have a good, good sticker, sticker placement. So, so yeah, retired Air Force, they both. Just retired from the Air Force and like, what are we going to do now? And he's like, I like beer. And she's like, <laughs> okay, let's so explore let's... that. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that Chris was a Chris at Level Crossing was a home brewer. And that's kind of, I think, you know, that he was, he was told us the story. I think that the guy just said, yeah, they hooked him up. Somebody hooked him up. You know, here's, hey, you want to start a brewery? This guy's a great brewer. And, um, anyway, I love what they're doing there. They're doing a bunch of barrel age stuff. And yeah. We got to do that's a tour stuff. a little while ago and, Give us some taste to some of that stuff. It's just incredible. Yeah, we interviewed them when they were brand new. Yeah. No. So what? Uh, what is your favorite beer that has come out of Utah? Because there's a lot of them. <laughs> um, maybe well, maybe you can do a few by like category. Okay. Here's here's like the the most the classic traditional Utah beer is the Utah Pale Ale at Desert Edge. You could just drink that by the gallon. It's just, it's just delicious and, you know, low point and drinks really well. I love that beer. I always um, go there for work, most, so I never drink there. Most breweries have something along that line. Most of them have a, a pale ale, a, an amber, or something. Yeah. yeah, and I just love the balance of that. It's like, it's hoppy, a little bit hoppy and a little bit malty, but, you know, it's, anyway, it's, I think it's a good balance. Kind of like um, 801. No, um, a lot darker. A lot mellower. A lot darker than that. Than 801. Yeah. 801 did that coffee one time. I still haven't had a better beer that has a a coffee component than when uh, you went to did the 801 public, like, uh, it was just an 801 public public. cold brew. Yeah, they did public cold brew with the 801 Pilsner, and it literally was a small batch mix. They made their Pilsner, they took cold brew from Publix Coffee, Combined them and then sold them in big bottles, and it was like the best tailgate beer I've ever had in my life. <laughs> that was probably seven, six years uh, ago. I, 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 every oh. time I think about it, I'm just disappointed they haven't done it again because it is so good. Co- coffee beers are are good um, when they're done right. Because oh, I've had. Some well, I mean, and the thing is, ones. like most coffee beers end up being stouts. Mm. This was yeah. not. It was their 801 Pilsner. Yeah, yeah, mixed with cold brew, and it was just spectacular. Yeah, Level Crossing does a lighter coffee beer as well. The Coffee Uncommon, 
Um, Rojas does too. Mm-hmm. They do a nice, yeah, Rojas is good. I really yeah. like Red Rocks uh, pumpkin chocolate chip that they do in the fall. That is so good. It's a dark one. It's, it's a very dark stout, and but rich. Yeah, it is. Like, it, it it tastes like pumpkin chocolate <laughs> like, chip. It's like I like Keto's um, coffee cream out quite a bit. Yeah, that too. one's yeah. a good one. Um, what were you asking me about the favorite uh, beers? Favorite, favorite beers. beers. What else? We keep, uh, we'll, we'll just go on wild tangents yeah, when you I make mean, up a beer. Sorry. <laughs> um, I love a good hazy IPA. Um, you know, maybe I'm trendy that way, but I, I like the. I well, like it's those. a big seller for a reason. Yeah, like the LFI now. Uh, the the Roha really does a great one. The their false prophet. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? And it's mm-hmm. it's uh, good and strong. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's so many good beers that are out there. They're all you know. It kind of depends on what you're in the mood for. I, I'm I'm the kind of guy that likes to always have something different. Yeah. Um, I know some people are like, you know, they find something they like and that's all they'll buy. So I try. Um, I I try. All the stuff, some of it's horrible, some of it's good, but I like, I like to you try. You tend to leave the horrible yeah. shit over at your here. house. I lo- like, he'll come over, he's like, like, oh, try this beer. Like and I'm random like, beer. this is yeah. not good. And it just ends up being in my house. <laughs> For me, a, a sour is a little bit of a sour goes a long way. I don't need many of those. Not a big Sayosin fan. Yeah, um, it's not. So I'll do the, I'll do, who was it that just did the red, is that the red raspberry sour? Is it Keto's? Keto's has some sours. Roja does a, does a it, number of sours. Was, so I tried Epic's it. got a good raspberry sour. And, and it yeah. was good. I bought a six-pack because that's how you get it. I got through <laughs> like three, and I'm like, I can't. Can I, I tell you the best invention is Harmon's Make Your Own Six-Pack? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, and you can do that you know, at the breweries, too. Yeah. Right? You can yeah. just buy them one at a time. And I like try. I like Salt Flats. Have you had Salt Flats? Um, some, yeah. Not. I haven't had a ton of their stuff. They have a lot of different things, and I think they have a new brewer too. I read something about that. Possibly. One oh. thing about Salt Flats is, I mean, they're they've only been canning for a couple of years because for the longest time it was only at his restaurants that they served their stuff. Yeah. So only at the garage. And what was the other garage grill in the Toscanos? Oh, okay. That's so it. he owns both. So so the guy that owns it is it was big into race cars. That's his thing. So I don't know if you've ever been to the garage grill restaurants. Yeah, I have. We actually had um, met with them about. Doing oh. their doing their work and their branding and stuff and it didn't work out. Um, and I don't know if you remember their first iteration of branding was pretty bad. Yes, yeah. was rough. <laughs> so he owns all those cars. Those all those cars in the restaurants are his yeah. own personal collection, and he rotates them with other collectors. Anyway, same thing. We interviewed them when they were brand new. Well, when they right before they started canning desert. I mean, they've been around for a long time. We I think the, we interviewed him right after they put their. Um, to a tap room in, didn't we? Yeah. Because yeah. that's where we went. And we, yeah, we went to their tap room. They've got some good stuff, and they've got a whole lot more in their tap, which is true of most of them. Also, it's pretty awesome because it's right next to the, the, the LDS like, distribution, distribution center. center. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. It's pretty fun to go in there, though, because it's just you're sitting like, right in the brewery. Yeah, because yeah. you're yeah. sitting right there. And they've got a lot. Do they still have... I haven't been there in a while. Do they still have all the cars in there, too? Because that was like his secondary garage. Yeah, I don't really think they. Last time I was there, I don't think they had any cars. They probably there. had. They, to they've use probably the out, room. They've yeah. probably outgrown it because they. I mean, they were pretty compact when when we went and visited them. Yeah, a few they were years pretty ago. full well, when we were Now there. they have. They have the. They have the distillery. Distillery now because that's what I got Mark for his birthday. Was the uh, Salt Flats? It's a a bourbon. It's not one they made. Then it must be a mix. Something. But yeah. So they're not just beer anymore. That's my point. Yeah. They've. they've they're expanding. So, okay, what else? Um, what else? Uh, I like I like um, 
you know, Epic does some great stuff, obviously, mm-hmm. and we actually we did work with them as well. We don't do much anymore, but when they first started, um, you know, when they first started, they were unique. They were the first kind of people to start doing high point beers. Um, high point almost, beers only, and yeah. only in the big bottles. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so that you know, they're, now they're doing some five percents, and they're doing cans, which I think, which is good. Um, I think they realize they. They would have a hard time surviving long term, only being in liquor stores locally. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you heard this, but they they closed their Denver tap room. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah, um, which you know, I think it's just a lot more competitive there. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, well, yeah, some of those states have six, seven hundred breweries as opposed to our yeah fifty, sixty. But I will yeah. say. There's very few breweries that I think outdo most of ours. Like, like you said, the home brewing market here in Salt Lake is insane, and that's how a lot of these breweries get started or get their brewmasters is from well, home brewers that have been doing it for so years. So, Baba's a good example. That yep. was a, was it a friend of yours or just an acquaintance? So, it was a, a lady that I was working with. Her husband is one that actually created Baba, and uh, they said, "Hey, this is good beer. You want to take to some shows with us?" And then when they won a bunch of awards with it, they said, "Hey, can we buy the recipe?" off of you and and make it one of ours huh. and so that's how baba came about as a as a permanent fixture which i it, still love that at beer. uh at bohemian the cerveza that was from their uh, that was from their beer competition yeah so yeah we've got that that, that that anyway oh yeah so um yeah that was the same thing they, they do their they do occasionally they'll do their their beer competition and that was one that won they liked it well enough that they they put it on the menu and yeah now they do cerveza <laughs> Uh, does, does Epic still make their Mexican their Mexican ale? I, I don't know. Um, I forget what it's called even, but I used to love that beer. And I just I don't know. Nope. Kinda, yeah, it's I it's just know. so hard to get to all, all the all the breweries. <laughs> there's so <laughs> many. Like, know. can you imagine living in a place like Denver where there's like you know a hundred breweries within a half hour? Yeah. And how are you ever going to try everything? Now the of course of course I would love it if we could get high point beers on draft. Um, only if, yeah, for the sake of having them in growlers because yes. you know. When you, I don't like all the waste. I don't like all the garbage you get out of drinking at home. But also, um, it just should be what it is. If it's if a beer needs to be six percent, it should be six percent. <laughs> well, and it's funny because you, you go other places. Uh, so I've got family in Texas, and we I spent quite a bit of time in Texas. You go to Texas, you can get anything, and there's no thought even. It depends and, on where you're at in Texas. Let me be clear. Well, I, I was guess. born in a dry city. I guess. I <laughs> you guess. can't get anything you want. You still can't. The city's still dry. There's I guess. an unincorporated part of the city. Like now it's kind of in the center. It used to be outside of town where all the liquor stores are. But you go to a restaurant and it's, it, it's, it, there's anything. There's yeah. high point. That, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a thing, I guess. Because, the whole point. well, in most states, it's not called high point beer. It's just beer. It's beer. just beer. Yeah, there's no distinction between. <laughs> because if the beer needs to be at this percentage to have the right taste, that's where it's got to be. Well, yeah. no, like when we talked to, to Bohemian, I can't remember the name of their, their master brewer. He was the interesting guy. Yeah, there. I don't remember. He was drinking when we got there, and he drank when he left, and I don't think he stopped, and he seemed <laughs> sober as can be. There's no way he could have been. But anyway, but he was saying that there, there are certain beers that, that they would really like to do, but it's like, but they've got to be at a higher point. You just you cannot do certain beers at the yeah. five, at the seven, and so we just don't do them because there's it, just no point. Yeah. Well, and to your, to your point earlier, I think it, it has challenged the brewers in Salt Lake, and, you know, they – they made good products within that within the restriction. They had to get creative. Yeah. They had to get real creative. And I think the 
increase in alcohol percentage allowed has allowed them to do a little bit more, but I think it's still a little too restrictive. Well, I remember one of my favorite beers is the uh, In the Pines at uh, Level Crossing. It's their Hazy Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's a delicious beer as well. I'm writing these down, not for show notes, by the way, guys, <laughs> but for, for reference, so I can go look them up. And well, so like Golden Spike. Them. Do you like Golden Spike? That's just a fairly decent. Um, not really. Not really. Um, I mean, it's uh, it's fine, but it's not one I would pick up just because I don't know. It's like drinking Bud Light, but <laughs> a little bit better. Well, I'm just just trying yeah. to see kind of like what the, I don't. Your... I, I don't usually go for the Pilsners. Even though some of them are really good, I just you know he's he's listed like five IPAs. This is right. Yeah, I I'm trying to pretty, see if there's anything outside of the. I IPA have a pretty range. good idea the type of beer that this yeah. gentleman likes right. here. <laughs> I'll go for a darker one sometimes. I'll go for a a porter or a stout once in a while. But you know, I think again, one of those goes a long way. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't need yeah. a. I don't need a twelve pack of them. Well, I you know I I used to not like stouts at all. Like I just thought they were horrible. Oh, I love them, but. I don't know, as you get older, I guess, as your palate changes. I really like them now. Yeah. But there was a time when I, oh, I thought they were horrible. Oh, I love them. <laughs> so good. But, you know, what What I might buy a, a six-pack of to bring to the desert might be different than what I get for a Christmas gathering. So right. yeah, that's the great thing about beers is they're all kind of right. so many different styles. And stuff. Our Christmas gatherings, you just gather up all the stuff that people left from your last party that wasn't very good. <laughs> By the way, the epic yeah. Mexican beer is Los Locos. There it is. Oh, yeah. Los Locos. I haven't tried it. I'll have to try it. Hopefully it's still around. That's the other thing. Beers come and go quite a bit yeah. with local brewers. I mean, yeah. gosh, how many beers did uh, they pull out for us over at Red Rock? Oh, that he's Lord. like stuff I'd never even heard of before. We only made one batch of this. <laughs> like that, that was the it's unicorn. Really good. The unicorn. Oh, the one that they made for Pride. Yeah, that that one was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, they I do. I think all, that they have that though. They at the they do, but that you can only get it there at, at their at yeah. their Red Rock. It's yeah. not in the stores or anything like that. Yeah. So. But they make they make a beer for Harmons. Did you know that? They make several for yeah, everything for Harmons. <laughs> so uh, it like literally yeah. says Harmons yeah. on yeah. it. Like it's a Harmons. Well, beer. that that pumpkin chocolate chip I was talking about. It's only a Harmons season. That twenty four seven three sixty five at Harmons yeah. is spectacular. It is the it's the Bud Light of local beers, but it's so good. <laughs> But it's definitely a, a very light. Like, I've never seen that one. That's a good name. Yeah, yeah it's, it's and, great. And that's the one label that Red is Rock, awesome. It's one that Red Rock made specifically for Harmons. It's yep. great. And so it says it has the Harmons logo and everything their, on it. Their El- Elefino is their basic IPA that he said that's what they hands down sell more of it than anything else. Mm. Yeah, there's um, it's kind of there for a while there. There were a lot of breweries opening, and it's mm-hmm. slowed down a bit. Um, I think. I don't. I think they might have changed their name to Apex. It is supposed to open in South Salt Lake, but I think they might have to change their name or decided to change their name or something. But I could be completely wrong. Yeah, I, I knew there was another one going up in South Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, there's one that's being worked on in Helper as well. Uh-huh. Helper Beer. They they participated in the in the collab fest um, in September. Nice, nice. Um. There's some other ones. So, Vernal. so no, not Vernal. Somewhere up there. Oh yeah, not not in Vernal, but somewhere up that way. There's another one. Is it Morgan? No, not. No, I, I, and I thought it was. I thought it was great to see one open in Logan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They needed that for a long time. Yeah, especially being a college town. I'm kind of surprised. So, yeah. so if you got someone coming to Utah, let's say it's one of your friends from Minnesota, 
and they've never been to Utah or maybe they've only ever been here once or twice. And they say to you, where should I go to get a Utah beer that really represents Utah beer? What would you suggest? <laughs> well, um, I, I often will send people down towards the area where Fisher is because mm-hmm. they can go to Fisher and TF and proper and um, Epic is close by. Mm-hmm. And they can make it down to Desert Edge all within like, you know, two miles mm-hmm. of there. And they can get some a great sample of things. Okidos is over there as well. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of, there's so many options. So if, if someone wants to do a little, little beer crawl, that's where I'll send them. Isn't it nice that we can do that now too? Like in 1998, we couldn't do a pub crawl. We no. couldn't do a beer crawl because any place, <laughs> unless it was a restaurant, like an actual gastro pub restaurant and not a bar, you couldn't get into it unless you had a club membership Private club. <laughs> or paid a cover charge. Like literally every single bar. I remember growing up, not growing up, but being a, a young adult able to drink, you had to pay a cover to get into every single yeah. bar. I like to go you to know. Portocol and the Dead Goat and all those places. Yeah, I try yeah. not to go to Portocol. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, every bar, like, you couldn't do a pub crawl. It no. just was impossible. I mean, now a true pub crawl, because when you go a pub crawl, anyone that's from not Utah, um, so, like, in Chicago, you go on a pub crawl, in a three-block radius, you could hit ten bars. Yeah. And that's just not really the case here. Like, you're going a block or two between bars in most places, <laughs> at least. And the ones you've done yeah. in Louisiana. Well, because there's, there's a, there is a, yeah, Louisiana. Some good there. Like, you don't. <laughs> It's next door, all right? Bourbon Street, everything is a bar on Bourbon Street. You don't even have to go inside to get booze there. Um, but, you know, there's laws in Utah, and they've been relaxed quite a bit, but you can't have bars within a certain distance of other bars, Yeah, which is crazy to me. I so, so in 1998, there was only, um, uh, what, Squatters and, and Wasatch? Wasatch. And uh, Wasatch. Yeah, Squatters, Wasatch. Wasatch. And I think you maybe, went to... And maybe Red Rock. Red Rock, Red Rock yeah, was around Because I remember, then, I, sure. yeah, I definitely and went Epic. to Red Rock way before Well, and, and, and probably Desert Edge. But that was four or five, maybe six yeah. was it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, and even bars, like, I think the closest bar to Squatters, I think Red Rock was about as close as you could get. Uh, their their restaurant location there right off of Pierpont. And then um, the other one, uh, was it Cheers for You? I think it's still there on like uh, like Main Street and mm-hmm. 3rd. Um, but that was it. Like there's no bars in between that. So you're talking like five blocks, six blocks just to get between bars. <laughs> well, it's different time. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. But, I, you know, not that I have a desire to, to bar crawl very yeah, much. Yeah, we don't but, do that. Um, <laughs> I'm way too old for that now. But, we don't really go to I mean, I did grow yeah. up in a town where we had like 12 bars and 1,200 people. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about that yesterday with growing up in Minnesota, all the small towns I'll have, y'all have, you have a church and a bar Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe a little market and, you know, every city has their, has their bar and that's where you buy your liquor too. Um, So we had, we had three of them with liquor stores built in. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's just great to see, uh, you know, in the, in Salt Lake and in Utah, the growth of the brewing scene and and having options really is what's nice, right? Yeah. like I said, I, just, I always want to try something different and get sick of the same thing all the time. Well, and I, you know, the, the other nice thing is, is you have a conglomerate of brewers. They begin to have a voice uh, as a as a group of small businesses in a very pro-business state. They begin to have a voice with the yeah. legislature. Uh, who's in session, as we talked about a little bit earlier tonight. Um, you know, so now, now they have a voice where they can help influence and change the laws that surround their 
yeah. business. Yeah, there's uh, if you don't know, there's a Utah Brewers Guild. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens to be my ex-wife that runs that. Oh, um, yeah, because we've talked to quite a few people who are part of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it's you know they they don't have the power that you know guilds do in a lot of states, um, and they don't have the money, but uh, they're trying. You know, they 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 try, but as we talked about at the beginning. Can, you know, getting the brewers together to do anything <laughs> is a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> they all got their own business they're trying to look out for, and yeah. some of them see the others as as just nothing well, but and competition. It's kind of a passion business too. So because of that, like that's what they're spending their time doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, true. they're working that, and then their extra time is that. So like going to a meeting or something like that probably doesn't yeah. seem very important. Yeah, but the, you know. It is a pretty collaborative industry. Like they, they work together a lot. You know, they'll, they have each other's backs for a lot of, a lot of things. And it wasn't always that way. Like when I said before we started working with Epic, um, at the time we had, we were also doing a little bit of work with Wasatch and Wasatch didn't like that. We started working with Epic and yeah. they, they threw us, they kicked us to the curb because of that. And it, mm. you know, I don't think that happens anymore. They don't, no one cares. They work together a lot. They do these collab fests and they borrow things and they help each other out. I think they're starting to realize they have more power, at least some of them, more power together than they do apart. Yeah. And that they're not, they're not so much competing with each other, I think, as they, they thought. I think well, they're, yeah. I know in talking to James, um, at Sugar House Distillery, that's what he's always said is he's like, you know what? I don't feel like you're a competition. If you have what it takes, to go through all of this to set up a distillery, I'm more than happy to help you, to talk to you, to, to give you advice because we're really not competition. Yeah. There's so few of us in this market. That- right. The competition is is Bud Light and Pabst and, mm-hmm. and everyone yeah. else. Like, that's a, that's the hugest part of the market. That's what they're, you know. And if they, they can, chunk, if they can take a huge, uh, even a small chunk of that yeah. in terms of shelving space at the stores, like, that's a huge win for local brewers, and they're not going to be able to do that unless they do some banding together yeah. uh, and fight those fights. Well, I mean, that's ultimately, that's why Utah changed its beers, because Bud was like, we're not doing it anymore. We're not building your, we're not making your low point beer anymore. <laughs> well, that's because the other two markets had jumped ship on it, the last two remaining. Yeah. So yeah. it forced Utah's hand, because you Which can't. I want to say Minnesota was one of them. One was one of the older, yeah, older on. They, they had this weird hangover where... They sold beer in the in the grocery store at three mm-hmm. two, but nobody ever bought that beer. I yeah, mean, like if you want, I guess if you really needed some beer at, at midnight, that's what you would buy. But I, I it, in my time living there, I never buy that three <laughs> two yeah, beer exactly, at the grocery store. Exactly. <laughs> I still buy beer at the grocery store because it's got a cooler, and usually when I want to buy beer, it's because I want to drink it like yeah relatively quickly. So. Well, in the big development, there's a number of the state liquor stores put put in yeah, coolers. Yeah, putting in coolers. That's so. good. <laughs> That's a good use of space. I think most of the new ones are being built with them, and then the other they, ones are being retro. They need to do that to this one up here. So they have space to put entire pallets of fireball. Dude, you know, the fact that we live <laughs> so close to two pretty decent wine liquor stores is yeah. kind of nice. Maybe out. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, take some of those pallets of Fireball out. Yeah, it just blows my mind how much Fireball they sell. Well, that's that was always the question: is are, are they actually keeping the beer cold in the interim? You know, in the warehouse and stuff. And probably not. Probably not. No. It's getting you know it's getting warm, warm than cold and warm than cold and warm. Yeah. Than cold. it's like the RSL Stadium. They got cold <laughs> kegs, but that like that line six hundred foot line <laughs> that they have to run from the kegs in the back. Where to were the we? Taps. And you said 
how you were asked, told them that they needed to teach the stadium to keep it cold. Where were we that we were doing something? I don't know. They were running a cold tap of something, and I told them they need to go teach RSL how to do cold <laughs> tap lines. Because it does no good when the tap line's warm and it just, the beer doesn't come out cold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just comes out foamy, like every time. Yeah. $12 warm beer. That's why you usually just go to the stand and buy the, the beer. I'll buy a can of beer yeah. every time because, you know what? It's, it's cold. been sitting in the ice. <laughs> One of those giant cans they have there. Yeah. They're the same price. There's more beer in them. And when you're paying 12 bucks a beer, man. I remember when it was nine fifty. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, why now. would you charge nine fifty? That's In, so weird. Inflation's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know where the snacks were more expensive? At the uh, ice castles. <laughs> At these nuts, I really? spent, spent like twenty five bucks buying the nuts. Yeah, those were way more expensive. You couldn't than get beer there, though. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> unfortunately not. So, oh, what? you know, you know. Speaking of that, Heber, have you been to the brewery in Heber City? I've not. Heber Heber Brewing Company, they do a great job up there. They got some really good beers. Dang it, we should have went up there. Yeah, yeah I, we got that. Stopped by the creamery and got myself some some good cheese. Well, maybe but. when we set up something to go to the crater, Soldier we can Hall or the crater. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Um, so what do you, what would you like to, people to know or what do you want to tell people about the L trail or what you guys are doing? Um, well, um, I, I, I guess just follow us on, on social media, not super active on the off times, but you know, we try, you know, it's just not a focus necessarily all the time, but, um, we'll, we, you know, that's where we announce what's going on, what we, what we know, what we're doing and with the fall crawl, especially, um, we're going to try. We're going to hoping to do a collab collaboration beer. We oh. may have our own, have an ale, oh, wow. ale trail beer or a third sun beer or something. Small, probably small batch, but um, that would be so. really cool if you could get your own beer from every brewery yeah. <laughs> and have them well, all do a different beer specifically for the crawl. That would be awesome. Well, it's just the the pinnacle of my entire evil plan at the beginning is I just want to have a beer that I can. That's yours. Yeah. <laughs> You just um, want a, a a beer, a Troy Mum beer that's got your name on it or something like that. Yeah. I feel like Mum beer is a good name that for a beer. Good, that is a good. Just call it the Mummy. Yeah. Um, well, there's, there is there is Mum Champagne. You know, so no relation. But, uh, you know, who knows? Anyway, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to do that. It's just great uh, getting to know more of the breweries and the people there. And, you know, everyone, everyone really is pretty cool. And that's what's been fun to find is... You know, we don't really know all these people necessarily, but as we interact with them more and this, with this last one, there was uh, an event at Wasatch at the um, West, their tap room on the west side there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of the brewers came there. They did a fresh hop fest on that last day of the uh, fall crawl. Oh, wow. And yeah, there were some, there were some incredible beers there. Who was there? Oh, the Offset Brewing guys are up in Park City, another one that haven't had a lot of their beers, but what I have had has been top notch. Um, and that's where, uh, Chris was there with Level Crossing and had a, mm-hmm. had a, a fresh hop one and he invited us to do a, come do a tour and got to know him a little bit better. And so it was, it was cool. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. Okay. So we got one more question for you and then we'll let you go. Um, you've been in Utah for quite a while, a year longer than I have. So what is the most interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah in all your time here? Um, well, I guess the most interesting thing is that it, it has a pretty um, specific stereotype, <laughs> and that's not really true about Salt Lake City. Um, 
And I think I learned that really quickly as I went into KRCL and there were the Chinese community and the Polynesian community and the African American community. And, um, you know, there was all these different people that came to KRCL and they're all kind of on the fringes of, of Utah culture. Um, but they're all here and, and very, you know, a very vital part of, of the community. So, well, I think over the last 25 years, they've transitioned from being on the fringe to being, more of the actual culture, especially of Salt Lake City in particular. Yeah. I mean, Salt Lake City. There's, Salt Lake City is getting close to the threshold where, you know, the LDS population is not the biggest anymore. Um, I think what they were like 60% now. Yeah. Um, which is a, a big change over the last yeah. 20, 25 yeah. years. So, well, and that's, that's exactly why we're the new Utah podcast. That's the whole point is to take the stereotypes that you think about Utah and throw them out the window and we want to talk to people who don't, who aren't the stereotype. Sometimes the yeah. stereotypes are okay. And, well, we get a few, but yeah, well, and you know, you got to kind of work to keep exposing those things. So that's cool what you're doing, and that's kind of what we're trying to do with the trail too. Is say, yeah, you can get a beer in Utah, you can get a drink in Utah. You can get sometimes a good one. there's some weird thing rules you may have to follow or whatever, but uh, you know, it's really the that's everywhere, and that's yeah. the, something that. We always got to remind people, you know, go to Pennsylvania or Iowa or whatever. Everybody has weird liquor laws. Um, I remember I was at, was it, is it Conway, Arkansas that I was at uh, for work? And it's a a dry county. Can't get a drink with your meal. It was the weirdest thing. (laughs) Well, the perfect example, Jack Daniels is is produced in a dry county. In a dry county, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like in the thing like you said about Minnesota beer, and, and the actually it's funny the liquor stores in Minnesota are all separate from the grocery stores. You know, they, the the li- the grocery stores don't sell any beer. You got to go to their li- their liquor store, which is next door, <laughs> because they you won't be able to buy the beer that you want to buy in the grocery store, and it's just a waste of space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thanks so much for joining us. We're thanks really, for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, utahotrail dot com is the website, and. uh can't promise it's completely up to date, but we, we try and um, we're happy to um, collaborate with anybody that wants to, uh, you know, to do something. And the crawls usually in October ish. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think it was the third weekend in October. We're going to try to stick to a consistent weekend so the breweries can plan ahead and all that. And like I said, we want to get every brewery involved this year. We're, you know, done from Logan to St. George and the ones in Zion. Yeah, a couple in, uh, yeah, it's Zion and Springdale and mm-hmm, Springdale. Yeah. So. Some good, some good FLDS breweries down there. <laughs> do you want to do the, do the spiritual card there, Julia? Did you want me to read the back too? Yeah. yeah. Whatever You've it is. Gotta read, read it all. Back. All right. Be the change you wish to see up in this bitch. Hey you, yeah you, the one who sees what's wrong in the world and who knows what the difference between being an activist and being a whiny-ass complainer is action. You know, uh, you want the world to be more kind? Kind the fuck out on the people in your life. Hate litter bugs? Pick up some trash. Can't stand judgmental blowhards? Uh, Quit judging them for being so judgmental. It really kind of is that simple. 
There you go. There's some advice for <laughs> for you to wrap up the show. Uh, you can follow us out on social medias at TNU Podcast everywhere, uh, thenewutah.com or hotdog-water.com. That'll get there to you as well. <laughs> I really think I should make that point to your website, though, now. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please share the episode. That's what helps us more than anything. And uh, guys, have a, have a good week here. We'll, we'll talk to you next week.